0: Yo yo, what up? What up? Yo, what up? What up? Hey, hey, welcome, welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Uh yeah, just leave your shoes over there, it's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo, yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. The main, we are here. It's another beautiful evening, another beautiful night. It's a humid one here in late July, but you know we're blessed. And uh, I'm here with a vocalist in the jazz, R&B, and soul worlds out here in the Portland area. They have a headline show at Aura July 30th. That's a Friday, I believe. Correct.
1: That is next Friday, I next believe. Next Friday, tremendous. <laughs>
0: as of today, which is the 21st, and you might know them as Viva. How are you? Hey. Tremendous.
1: Nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I really am uh, blessed to have you here, I guess, you know. Every time we have a guest here, I feel lucky, so.
1: Well, I'm the lucky one because I uh, this is my first headline gig at Aura. I've been su- the support act for a bunch of bands now. Mm. And I've been really feeling, I don't want to say the pressure, but like the urgency to promote the show as well as getting ready for it i've been doing mm. so much behind the work prep to get ready and yeah, it yeah, meant yeah. a lot to me when you reached out and you were like hey do you want to come on the pod like thank you for offering me help
0: hey you know it's what we do here it's about uh making sure people always know man got something to say and especially now on this weird hybrid not post covid but post 2020 <laughs> still dealing with pandemic vibes of 2021 it's cool that shit's opening back up, and I want to make sure that people understand. Yeah, there's dope shows out here again. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And don't sleep,
1: please. We waited so long to get to this point. Yeah.
0: Like, um. I don't. Even, I can't really think about it. I got to process though. Like, I gotta. Be, I gotta feel good. I don't know if anyone else feels that they just kind of want to, like, you know, pass, press, fast forward, and like all the stuff that happened, like in terms of processing it. But no, like life is somewhat back in a sense, and if you got to give yourself time to process going out. Even just getting a drink somewhere or, like, going out somewhere and some people without masks on, you got to give yourself time. You're only here to judge a motherfucker. <laughs> and don't be hard on people if they they're figuring shit out, you know?
1: No, definitely not. Honestly, that's something I have been trying to figure out how to address during the show. Mm. Like, we all just went through something so deep and profound and <laughs> And like and unlike anything that we have a framework for yeah and then to ask people to come back hey come out and party yeah like hey can you come just just be ready to dance just just be ready to like hug people 400 people you've never you haven't seen in a year yeah. like that seems like a lot to ask it's of a lot people.
0: yo it is because i mean everyone's different don't get me wrong There's some motherfuckers who want to jive back who want to dive back in and don't get me wrong if i see like a pit right now a bunch of people going crazy to hip-hop i'm going to want to jump in just because like that's the way my energy is i mean yeah but there's some nice you know you get home from work or something like oh there's your show i'm like i don't even like, what like i don't feel safe going out like if that's how you feel that's a beautiful thing you know like you can't you can't hate your your own fight or flight and safety responses that you have as a, as a being of this natural earth as an animal yeah so i think that's a uh, nice of you to address because uh, it can be tough for people to i think you know a life is inherently traumatic in a lot of ways just because like you know how heavy um, survival is, and mm. how heavy like livings are, but how beautiful they are at the same time in terms of balance. And also, B, um, any period of transition can bring up anxiety because you're shifting yes. from routines into different habits and routines and whatever. I didn't mean to get so deep in uh, meta.
1: Oh, are we not allowed? Physical... Is that like a rule of the no, pod? We because I only live below the surface. We
0: always can talk about this stuff. I was just gonna say like, <laughs> hey, three minutes in, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I was I like to have some. Or I don't like... Sometimes, you know, you think about how people people like to start a show off. Like, we'll start, we just we just jump in. Like I said, it's 10 foot. I got a fucking life vest on if you need it. I'll give it to you. I can handle the waters. But uh, regardless, we got a show to promote. And before we do that, I want to start at the beginning, Viva, if that's okay.
1: The very beginning?
0: In a sense. No, not like the Big Bang or whatever alleged <laughs> cosmic interdimensional shit happened to create this little bubble of life The Nexus event. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean... Benny's crib is a hip hop world podcast, but hip hop and the vocal worlds also intertwine heavily. A lot of singers um, can mold into hip hop very easily or be sampled. So um, we love to showcase different singers in the area. And even though you really weren't, um, you know, like a rapper, I think I did see you rap though. At the you B- have at the Beyonce show. Yeah. Yeah, that was something I saw online. But regardless, <laughs> I still want to keep it in the hip hop realm, even though you are more of like you know a jazz R and B vocalist. And this is the question I ask to start off every podcast. In terms of hip-hop, what is your first memory of hip-hop?
1: If I tell you, you have to promise not to laugh.
0: I will try my damn hardest to be professional and objective.
1: Wow, I really appreciate that. (laughs) I can feel it.
0: Stone face.
1: Yeah, keep that up. So, you grew up in this area too?
0: Yes. I grew up in old orchard beach.
1: Do you remember the store in the mall that it like became FYE, but it used to be, it's like the record, the corner record store near JC Penny.
0: Yes. I don't remember what that store was called, but I remember. It. I
1: don't remember either, but I do remember going in with my dad as like maybe a six year old. And negotiating that it was okay for him to buy me the Will Smith album. Nice. Um, the one that had Men in Black at the end and it had just the two of us in the middle and it had Miami in the beginning. Big
0: Willie style? Yeah. 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 Okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, Dad, it's totally fine. If I have this, it's wholesome. It. It's Will Smith.
0: Will Smith doesn't have to cuss. He doesn't. No, what is it? What's that MMI? I just butchered. That would have been a great transition. Will Smith <laughs> doesn't have. To cuss in his raps to sell records. Yeah! But I do, so fuck him. and fuck fuck you too. too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. That is
1: such a great line.
0: I I still love Will Smith. I mean, this is the perfect time of year for it. Summertime by him and DJ Daddy Jeff. Top 10 summertime song. You in the block, you smoking, limited clothing. Maybe you got jewelry on. Maybe there's a styrofoam dish with some delicious uh, takeout food, chilling on a stoop next to you. I'm putting that song on probably 10% of the time. Like I said, it's like a top 10 song. That's great. Um, now I got to Google, though, make sure that Big Willie Style is the correct album. Oh, it is. You 100%?
1: Yeah, because it, it's, it, it's the one it that on starts it? where there's a woman's voice that says, this one goes out to all the Big Willie's. Do you remember that?
0: No. I just feel like I'm listening <laughs> to Willy it. Big Willie Style's
1: all in it. Like, Getting Jiggy With It is on that album. That, yes. was, the, that yeah. was the album. Like, what also... Until this conversation, it's never occurred to me how thoroughly the album itself was crafted around the title mm. to just really sell it to Big you.
0: Big Willie style.
1: Like we get it, bro.
0: It's a dick joke, I think. I,
1: no, he, I, no, I he's think. so whole. Yeah, you're right. Hey. <laughs> Hey, well, I feel th- like you can't be that wholesome without having serious confidence. I
0: mean, and I don't want to shame nobody for having a big willy out here, you know what I mean? Just because in the context, not like specifically big willy motherfuckers, that really wasn't the the group I'm referring to. It was just in general. You don't want to ever shame anybody in a sexual way. Yes. That's not cool themes. That's not cool vibes. Yeah. I should be disrespected. If you be, if you be disrespecting somebody because of who they are, you should get disrespected.
1: That's I mean, all I'm going to say. That's the thing is like... Okay, Allegedly. can we talk for a hot second about how cancel culture doesn't really exist, but everyone was freaking out about it for a minute, forgetting that if people behave badly and there are no consequences, then they'll just continue to be hateful.
0: Yeah, it. you gotta get checked if you're doing whack shit. Like, yeah. I don't get how people... That's not that hard of a concept. Like, isn't a... Uh What's the phrase? Being accountable yes. for your actions, like an important theme for growth as a human, as an individual, and probably as a society. Don't even get me started, though, because a lot of things I think about in this country deter from like a top-down mentality of very... Um, like egotistical like nationalistic esque nature that creates like weird riffs when you try and like combat maybe negative themes that have been ingrained in us it's like no if you question like a negative thing about America's past you're questioning America and you're questioning my freedom it's like bro you could be talking about just like how maybe motherfuckers should be held accountable you know for their what they say at work to co-workers yes yeah and then it's like like well I can't compliment anybody anymore it's like well maybe you were complimenting people in an uncomfortable uh, way yeah <laughs>
1: like, or like Maybe that big reaction of like, well, well, I guess I won't talk to people anymore. Maybe we should acknowledge that that is just a, a dramatic way to shut down the conversation yeah. and refuse to get a ta- yeah. get accountability. I it's mean. like finding it. It's like when you find out that your parents made mistakes
0: yeah. and they're not
1: perfect. Yeah. And it's like, all right, that sucked. Whatever thing you're in therapy for now, mm. like mm-hmm. that definitely sucked and that pain is real. But making mistakes is part of being human Mm -hmm. and if you can grow from it and you can learn that it's okay for people to tell you like hey that thing you did wasn't cool if you can like survive that one time Mm. you can keep surviving it and it gets less painful and then you end up being a better contributor to other people's lives like that's That's important
0: yeah growth again growth as an individual that's what i was saying earlier like uh i think uh, not like life is pain but how uh you know, life is inherently traumatic. Just like our emotions are heavy and we our mental must be like, you know, out in these like intense natural situations fighting for our life. That's what like mm. a lot of our DNA and fight or flight responses and mental responses like come from just due to like our genetic makeup as mammals. So
1: Yeah.
0: Based off that theme should be intense and if you fuck up, you know? Be accountable for it. Forgive yourself and forgive other people. As long as it's not like heinous crimes. Like if you Harvey Weinstein or some right. shit, I mean, you might you might get like a bar of soap filled sock to the face and I wouldn't feel bad <laughs> for you. Anyway, this energy gets me very oh, passionate. wow. That was a
1: beautiful image. Thank you for letting me just picture Harvey Weinstein getting a bar of soap sock to the face. Yeah. Like I'm talking I'm like one of those big that.
0: ass like wool socks and like those fucking yeah. hefty five. I mean, honestly, here's my my thing about mm-hmm. my energy. I don't even want to say motherfucker's name on my podcast, because I don't even want to give him the energy. Mm. The universe, hopefully, will already do some shit to him, cosmically speaking, because I know the justice system might fail us. Easier. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, I hope like, his... I don't even want to think about that motherfucker. Yeah. It's Benny's crib. It's Benny's yeah, crib. Yeah, we're having good Weinstein. energy here. This
1: is about <laughs> us having a great moment. It's
0: true. It's more about you, though, because uh, I want to now Hi. talk about Back to Big Willie style. Where are you from? <laughs> Where did you grow up? Are you from Maine originally?
1: Um, No, I was born in New Jersey. We don't have to talk about that. And then we moved to Florida. (laughs)
0: Sweet. Jersey to Florida.
1: Um, We lived uh, in the Tampa area from when I was like two until I was five. And then we moved here in January 1995. And I'd like never been in snow before. I'd never been cold. I had never been the only brown kid in a room before. Ever.
0: That's a very, very new and probably intense and uncomfortable experience. Sure I would imagine. I could (laughs) never... experienced that but it yeah. was a
1: lot and it was one of those things that i didn't have language for for a really long time oh
0: because like you're so young and you're yeah it. yeah that's a heavy themes experience yeah and not articulate not know how to articulate
1: and i don't think my parents i think my parents didn't want to freak me out about it so they were trying not to like talk about it too much but yeah. you know that like really reverse not
0: sometimes, right? Like, why you- i might be drowning a little bit like it might be only like you know not every day i'm like 10 feet deep some days it's like maybe a five-foot pool but you gotta throw me Throw me a life life preserve. Don't be like just sipping my ties by the pool pretending it's a high Yeah. In a sense. Yes. In a sense. I don't know. Again, I don't I've never experienced that, but I just know um a lot of um my non white guests on this show have said, Yo, white people it May be hella sketchy and uncomfortable and racist Yeah. And that's not cool at all. That's not That's very that's anti Benny's crib vibes and um <laughs> I think it's important that we talk about these things, though. That way, people don't think that shit's not around, though.
1: Yeah. It is
0: around. You know, it's still, this shit still having people growing up. What, in the 90s, you growing up? Yeah. Shit ain't cool. Oh, yo. man.
1: Even, there's some things. So, uh, 2019, I was the lead singer for Sugarbox, which is do you know them?
0: I've heard of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: They're like, um they're they're so much fun. It's like it's a hip hop band. They do all these like nineties throwbacks covers. Hell There's yeah. they have a DJ in the band and uh, the guy who plays guitar also has like this massive like sampler and this like pad. The drummer can like he's using like analog drums but he's also got like a drum pad. It, they mm. make a really good sound. And we played in Old Orchard. I don't know at, that place uh you definitely know the place where we played we played at the swick yes and this there was (laughs) this woman who came up to me after and her vibe she was just exuding love and she meant it like she was being really sincere and she was like Uh, you tell you and the other colored guy which it was just one of those things and she wanted to give us a compliment she wanted to tell me a nice thing to tell mookie and the intention
0: just, might have tried to have been good.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, wow, like, I can feel that you're being sincere and you want me to have this compliment. And I also know, like, I just have the information now that you're not around people who have conversations about race. Mm-hmm. And like, I do think that because like that didn't. I, that didn't harm me. Like she was trying to be it's really still, sweet.
0: A very suspect language, and it can bring yeah. up very very bad themes. And yeah. yeah,
1: and it's just so outdated. It's just yeah. Like cool. On the one hand, that tells me the last time that this woman probably talked to anyone about race might have been the sixties.
0: Yeah, when that term was like f- <laughs> fucking spray painted on walls and right. shit. And,
1: right. And exactly. That, so, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, I. But then I have friends like friends who are our age whose parents will use terms like that that are so outdated that you're like okay you're not you don't have any black people in your life or you would know but the vibe might be there where like some people could learn yeah and like that's true you that's can, you
0: can learn things
1: where i've been trying to find like trying to find hope <laughs> like yeah. all right are you A like faith. especially after last year honestly last year was so it felt so violent yeah. So much about last year felt violent just existing here.
0: Mm. And
1: I felt like I had to I had to be really clear when I was interacting with someone that I'm looking to see. Is this somebody who they don't know how to have these conversations and they just don't care? Mm. Or is this somebody who like they don't know how? But their heart is there. Yeah. Like, they don't want harm in the world. They don't Mm. want this to be like a violent environment. Mm. They want there to be, they want all the stress to go away. And they're willing to do their part to make it go away.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's the only thing that got me through last year, honestly. Yeah, it's hard (laughs) because,
0: I mean, when you grow up in a racist system, a lot of the shit gets taught to you. Mm -hmm. And then when you understand that, how do you then act in accordance to that? That's a very defining characteristic of a lot of young adults and just people in general like how do you respond to these things and it's not just like shit was bad we learned about martin luther king jr and now things are better now it's like yeah like just because the needle moves a little bit in the right direction doesn't mean you took all the steps necessary to make the fucking country what it should be in terms of like the what is it pursuit of happiness for all is that yes. what are saying shit like if y'all motherfuckers i mean again i'm not trying to get into a rant but if y'all motherfuckers really care about the country and like you're like i'll, I'll live by the constitution while all those people like traditionally vote conservatively it's so, like then how can how can you be so uh, like against understanding and teaching like systemic racism and just all these important historical things that still like yo i read things about there was successful black towns back in the 1800s and 1900s yes. and they would literally get fucking flooded and become lakes yes like your whole fucking history like you could have aunts uncles you're gone dead and then all that's put underwater. That way white people can go hit fucking jet skis on it a hundred years later. Yeah. What the fuck, yo? Like, can you imagine your family history being taken out? And then I multiply that by a huge amount. And that's the, a lot of the history for a lot of people who weren't benefiting off this white sus, white supremacy systemic system we have. Systemic systems, it doesn't make that sense. That is such
1: you know. a, like, vicious, vivid chapter that I was also very late finding yeah, that out that is it, is it ever happened. Yeah. And I feel like... Even talking about something like that, it's so hard to imagine a whole town being intentionally flooded. But, like, imagine all of the kids who had... Like, think back... Okay, you're around my age. Do you remember Toy Story?
0: It's one of my favorite, like, kid movies when I was a kid.
1: When you were a kid, did you feel like your toys, like, would feel neglected if you gave one of them more attention than some of the others?
0: Sometimes, like, I was very big on making sure I I definitely, like, wanted to play with all my toys. I couldn't leave any homies out.
1: Yes. Now imagine... That you have 10 minutes to leave your home and your parents are telling you, you have to pick which toys to sacrifice and you might have to sacrifice them all because your whole life, your whole community, everything is about to be taken away by people that your parents can't stop. Like I can't, that image of like, you're a little kid and you're trying to understand how do you explain that to a kid of just like, no, you can't bring your toys that you are emotionally attached to that give you joy, that let you be mm. a child. You're supposed to be a kid right now. And instead, we have to leave or we will be, we are going to drown in our home.
0: It's, it's so heavy. And the thing, the reason why like, I like to make sure we talk about things like this on Bernie script is that, hey, I'm a white dude. That's pretty much making like his name in hip hop which is created by black people and black culture, so that means I'm a guest in this shit. Black Americans have been um, just fucking completely taken advantage of and oppressed by the, a lot of the mechanisms of the system we live in. And I can't really have a conscience in this shit if I don't, like, give time to speak on these subjects because of how the fuck can I really, like, look at myself in the mirror and be like, yeah, like, I'm about, you know, being there for hip-hop and, like, you know, supporting people in my community by not actually, like backing up with those fucking words and making sure people on my podcast hear this shit because it's like we're not just here talking about like live shows and music and yeah some fun shit because we'll get to that too but like just no, know like hip-hop
1: is culture
0: it's everything and yeah. being
1: actively anti-racist is kind of it's part of it it's a
0: huge fucking pillar of hip-hop and even, yeah. like, even about like you know the not to like dart on different topic but like a lot of like you know
1: i'll go there with like,
0: you. like i'm just thinking of punk music like even like you know a lot of elements that like inspire people like from punk are like fuck system Yeah. Like, break down like and the thing is you get you get skinheads at those shows too right and then often like the but real they punk came heads, later yeah they exactly. came later and they get their ass beat at a lot of shows like yeah. to be honest too like as they should and um just like these there's a certain um hip hops are much different than punk dude don't get me wrong like hip hops are fucking just it's like i think it's like almost like a in a national galactic religious movement, in a sense, just for me, the way it hits me. But just like there's certain cultures that you can get tied into musically at first, but then when you look at the bigger thematic elements, you're like, whoa, this is a very, very like, I guess like taboo word, but like awakening type of culture. Like, you know, you can learn more about the state of affairs in some really well thought out hip hop verses than you could ever could like in a history textbook made by like a racist company in Texas <laughs> yes. and that's true that's like legit true because it's a different perspective allowing uh. it to be said and because it's under the context of like rhythm and a beat Then it's like oh yeah like a music executive can be like yeah I'm gonna make money off this I'm like yo but most deaf just taught me more than like, he brought, like I learned more in mathematics from most deaf than I learned like a <laughs> lot of shit and I doubt like all the white I mean, again I'm assuming maybe I'm incorrect maybe it wasn't white people who were, like own the label for that but if there's any white Exec's making money mm. off that. I'm like, I know y'all making money and you probably don't care, but like he just beat me on so much game and now I'll never trust you.
1: Mm. And um
0: again, so it's almost like so journalism.
1: Like hip hop is journalism.
0: Oh like rappers are MCs and poets are journalists in a sense. They give you everything's slightly gonna be, you know, through their own personal perspective. So I feel like it's might have a little asterisk on it, but that's just a good way sure to view yeah. life in general.
1: Well, okay though. Because there's a problem in like mainstream journalism where Mm. a lot of like, like, I don't even want to just say black people. It's like people of all these marginalized identities, Mm. trans people, women, black people, Asian. Like if you're marginalized, there's a chance that in mainstream media outlets, you won't be allowed to report on a subject that might pertain to you. Because the idea is, oh, you won't be subjective. Yeah because you're too close to the thing but then how who else would know who else would know exactly. the ins and outs of the issue if not the people who are living in it
0: the people in the community should speak on the community you should yes. have some third party be like i know what's going on here it's like bro you drove through this motherfucker <laughs> once the cameras leave people are gonna like all right we're going back to like the house behind us i'm not leaving the street so it's like yeah i think it's very true hippo that's why i love this shit and that's why i think we always need spaces especially like if you really want to be a good journalist and be a good interviewer like you have to fucking understand that these topics are so important and that if you brush over the important shit just to talk about like you know the fun shit i guess mm. you ain't you forgetting what's supporting that fun shit like a lot of people have done a lot of big cultural work for me to even have this conversation in this crib like about this shit
1: because yeah.
0: like if those motherfuckers in the bronx in the 70s didn't Fucking say we're gonna create something different. I wouldn't ever. I would. I, I don't even know what I would do with my life. So, shout out these important conversations. Always, I appreciate you being down to talk about shit like this. Anytime. Cause I want to keep going back to your story, but I'm like, no, like. I, I mean, I, we
1: can talk about me, but I just talk about me so
0: much. Hey, it's, it's but it's no, little... you don't
1: understand. It's every conversation, everywhere I go. I Damn. just, I can't let the conversation go anywhere else. Damn. This is my only outlet. <laughs> this
0: is this is just your safe space. Yeah. You can feel finally be yourself. Well. Just so I always feel like I have like closing points on what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Fuck you if you racist. Mm. And, um.
1: Wait, can we say that together? Yeah, sure. It's like, uh, One, two, uh, uh, uh. You <laughs> One, two, three, fuck, fuck you, you if you're. One, two, three, fuck you if you're, you're racist. racist. They you oh, that's that. So... Oh, that felt good. That's a
0: mission Penny. statement. That's why I always like to say. I mean, I just, just fuck racism. Like, if you taught right and wrong when you're little, you should never feel bad about, like, combating these kind of hateful themes. I yes. don't get it. Like, why are you so scared? Cause like your grandpa's like I liked I liked what Trump did. He's I'm like, yo, I got love for you, grandpa. Well, fuck you, grandpa. Like you also,
1: just... did your great grandpa not actually literally fight Nazis? Yeah. How but, is this uh, hard?
0: You can't get me started. How
1: is this hard? Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. We're we, talking about we, fun shit, but like
0: no, no. Come on. Again, but these are again these <laughs> are important <laughs> themes. You can't skip over the hard topics because life is a pretty fucked up. Mo- I, I think it's, it's a, wild. It's a huge quote that I think Hit from the wire, but. Like, people die every day, B, is what he says, I think. And I'm like, you know, I got to remember that. Like, this country really is fucking really hard on a lot of people. And just because I can put my feet up and get DoorDash and watch TV (laughs) in this little white privilege bubble that I live in in Portland, Maine, don't mean that a lot of people have that freedom. I'm living in the upper crust. I'm in the 1% in terms of global... Pleasantries. Yeah. So that's why I make sure I balance out the goofy serial talk. I'm high as fuck. Let's talk about hip hop talk. To be like real shit's happening and we gotta talk about especially if you white and you wanna like put like, you know, a sign in your yard or a bumper stick on your car that says you're with something. These are the conversations and then therefore like actions that you can kinda learn from these conversations you gotta have in your life. Yeah. Can't I just be, be like, Yeah, I like this shit, repost and then go back and be doing white supremacy shit. right
1: right but
0: anyway all important uh subjects aside viva hi um did you have any hobbies as a youngin was music around you at all any musicians in your family at all
1: so my dad is a musician skirt yes no like really he so my dad's from puerto rico Mm. um he okay wait since we're talking like colonialism and all that he's actually from Guyana which is in South America it was a Dutch colony then it was a British colony and then it was like emancipated in its own country in the 50s my great-grandfather owned he had like a store that had that supplied the mines like their gold mines there's there's lumber Guyana like could be this super rich country Mm. they have these huge waterfalls they have all of these resources but it's one of the poorest countries in this hemisphere so my grandfather was an economist and in the 50s he wrote a he he wrote a paper he published it um, and it later Um, My sister helped him publish it as a book in 2012 called Poor by Design. The premise of the book is, how does this country that has gold, lumber, oil, water, how does this country that has all these resources, how is it so poor? Mm -hmm. And he concluded that it was a function of colonialism. They were poor by design. He publishes this paper. And then it's bad news for my dad's family, and they gotta skip, they gotta leave.
0: Whoa. Yeah, because yeah, you said it was published in the fifties. Yeah, and yeah, and that's, a, that's yeah. A, you could you could get really fucked up. I mean, you yeah, could get fucked up. Don't get me wrong, like now, but like
1: <laughs> yeah, even, right. Even in the
0: states, like you say the wrong shit in the fifties,
1: right? Because they, there's pers- all that McCarthyism, yeah, red scare yeah, stuff. Like, you
0: got to be careful. Like that's very
1: yeah
0: life is still dangerous for like putting out you know art and scholarly um material as well but it's like yeah it's a different block so anyway yeah. so f- they're fleeing so
1: they flee my grandfather who published the paper alfred thorne and if anyone wants to read it the book's called poor by design he goes to work for oxford um university but he's black
0: in england right
1: well he can't because he's black
0: Wait, what in the 50s you Yeah, I'm Black he people pro- couldn't work maybe he could
1: have, but I but it was like a tense thing with like the West Indian. He's like West Indian. It, it yeah. was like a whole tense gotcha. thing. Got Yeah, it was. So yeah, he instead gosh. went to work for the satellite uh, universities. He worked in Jamaica for a while. And so like my, my cool. dad gets to go with him for some of this. My dad and his Whoa. mom and my dad's brother. Um and wow. my grandfather, Alfred Thorne, ended up working at uh, the University of Puerto Rico, which was like an outpost of the same university system and so my dad grows up in puerto rico he comes from this british colony that has like the largest indian like like india indian population outside of india and this huge chinese population because of course colonialism they're importing people to do all of this infrastructure work they are pitting the indians and the chinese and the blacks who had been enslaved they're like using them against each other to like keep 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 the status quo so then my dad ends up in puerto rico which is like you know he's suave he's got the like he my dad can dance he can dance he can romance so he in his young adulthood ends up in one of those bands that like if you were trying to like talk to a shorty okay you would hire my dad and his friends. This is like in the 70s, 60s, 70s. You would hire my dad and his friends to go serenade her outside her window. For that was real, like my that dad's kind thing. Of, uh, yeah. How that sweet market. Is that? That's
0: pretty nice, yo.
1: It's like so romantic. That's wholesome. That's great. And um, I like that. my mom loves music. So much that she played music literally every moment, like, of m- the first 18 years of my life. All different kinds of music, yeah, like, on purpose. Yeah. Like, she was like, you're going to know. Educating, putting you on. Yes. Want. So I got this amazing music education from these folks, you know, from my folks. Um And as a kid, I did really well at some things in school and had undiagnosed ADHD. So there were some things I didn't do that well at yeah. and i could not bring myself to do homework mm-hmm. fuck that it's boring and i already get it but i would <laughs> test really well so i would like keep my grades at like passing by yeah, testing skating. and i would spend all my time after school just learning songs that's perfect because i
0: was gonna ask <laughs> when did you get the urges to sing and like when did you start to want to really oh,
1: always literally from like second grade
0: and your fam is a bunch of singers <laughs> yo know, and, and music yeah. lovers so. yeah damn Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you're like in second grade. That time, second grade, second grade. Any inspirations? Is it like family stuff? Is there any singers you liked? Like that you kind of looked up to, or anything like that?
1: Dude, so much. I like so. My mom did this clever thing, where I was learning to read, and she would give me like remember CDs had a jacket, and they had all the lyrics in the jacket. Oh, I got a CD collection. I got
0: cassettes in there. Yeah. As I point to the office for my audio
1: listeners so they have like all of these lyrics in the cd jacket so like that was kind of the agreement we came to in the cars like she could pick the music and i could read along and that's mm. how i like learn to read mm. so if there's anyone out there trying to raise a young one wow. figure out what music they like give them the lyrics and literally, they will learn to read
0: you literally learn to read through cd liner notes yes that's so really this cool. is
1: this is music like music has such power it's hard to quantify which i think is why it's not a bigger part of our like actual education system
0: yeah you you can't, like, you can't, I don't know, somehow articulate music into like, please somehow evil government people don't figure this out. But, like, you know everyone's like, we need people in the sciences and math and, like, all <laughs> these things. We're going to have a great functioning society. It's like, well, maybe if you had, like, emotionally into motherfuckers who like music, we'd have more problem solvers. But yeah. then, if you got more problem solvers and solution-based thinkers instead of consumers... And then I understand how problematic the things they are benefiting off of really are and then the structures that all the elite people make money off of. It all comes really, down. Yeah, so
1: But hey, upside, all that comes down. I like that. <laughs> I like that,
0: yo. Knock on wood allegedly. Um, yeah. I ain't here to combat those vibes. I'm here to, I'm here to educate and create more self sustainable, independent themes in all of us and as communities in a sense. But
1: uh Yeah. So I. Loved... I forgot what we were talking about. It's all good. It's all good. So I, you're not. You're not ready for this.
0: I think I'm. Yeah.
1: When I was eight years old, we went to go see Chicago, the the play. The play. Not the band.
0: Yeah, because there's a band. It's like twenty five or six to four. I
1: know
0: that's. Yeah. Okay. Don't sue me. This motherfucking what is it? You get thirty seconds and they start. So when you anyone uh, know that if you play copyrighted material, it's like ten seconds or thirty seconds. I think there's like a certain. We window. should really
1: find out what it is because I I bet you so many of your listeners know though because that's how samples work.
0: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> all my sample people.
1: Somebody write in, sound off in the comments. Allegedly, yeah, in my
0: line, Jack.
1: Eighth um, grade,
0: you saw Chicago.
1: Sn- eight years old. Eight, eight years old. old. I saw Chicago the musical. Se-
0: second or third grade. Second
1: grade, and I was. Hooked, And that was like the moment because I'm watching like the iconic Velma Kelly doing her thing. And like my mom, I remember my mom like leaning over at one point and being like, do you know what's happening in the plot? And I was like, yeah, like. She killed her husband, but he had it coming. Like, like, Spoiler yeah, I get alert.
0: it. <laughs> I ain't seen Chicago, but I don't understand. I'm just playing.
1: It's fine. I did not ruin the musical for you, I promise. Good, good. But that was like the moment where I'm like watching this performer. I wish I knew the actress's name. Um, Catherine Zeta Jones. No, I saw them. I saw, that's the I saw movie, it on right? stage. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And Is I, that her, though? I not... Oh, yeah. That was definitely I'm, her in the movie. I you were right. You were right. I when
0: I was little, so I remember I that.
1: Go? that's your homework. You well, go Chicago, watch Chicago, like, it's hot. I
0: gotta make some ground turkeys. And then be <laughs> up late. I can't watch. Okay, okay. It was I'll good. An and list.
1: honestly, for the time that it came out, like I think if it came out today, there'd be a lot more colorblind casting. But for the time that it came out, that movie came out in like two thousand one or two. Let's
0: see. Let's see how right you are. I'm gonna Google Chicago as we speak. Two thousand
1: two. Sure. I'm gonna. I'm committing to that. I think. Final gonna, answer. Yeah. Two thousand yeah Correct. okay yeah see exactly for the time that it came out that show like queen latifah's in it maya some other black lady i don't maya know but she did a great that? job the yes maya. maya like that maya like Get a superstar. yeah maya Whoa. she's that you gotta watch this movie like that movie was ahead maya. of its time um so i saw that performance and i was like well this is it that's what i want to do with my life i want to be that woman the one who killed her husband yes but Whoa. like but you know like i wanted to do there's the dancing with the chairs and the and the costumes and the singing and the all of and like everyone on stage moving together in this one they're all moving with this one purpose and i wanted to be part of that i want to be part of that purpose i didn't just want to watch it i wanted to be it
0: you, you didn't want to be just a viewer, you want to be a participant. Absolutely. Damn, that's pretty powerful. You as these moments were like, A, my family had been doing shit in many different parts of the world revol- involving music. And then a lot of my mother's time with me was revolving around music. I learned how to read. Then I saw some live shit. And I was like, I, right, I want to do this. Yes. Perfect. I had another question yes. to go back to Viva's life. Hi. I figured just my guesses, is, because I, I don't like to have expectations, but I'm like, vibe-wise, I feel like Viva's been singing a long time because you was just you're very passionate about it. And then second, it was performing live first and recording in the studio second. Is that, is that correct? Oh,
1: that is so correct. How'd you know?
0: I, I don't know. I just feel like you have a very good stage presence. And not that your recording material doesn't reflect you know the same professionalism. I was just like, I don't know. I, I could see pretty much what it was. If I heard that music was in your family growing up, I'm like, oh yeah, she was definitely singing on stages like early. Barely. That was my guess.
1: Yeah, that you're not wrong. And what's you know what's wild is it took me a few times being in a studio environment where I realized this is a totally different skill set. So different. Like my skills are very audience based because mm-hmm. I want to like some people when they're nervous they'll close their eyes no way it's actually hard for me to perform without my glasses because i want to see people's faces like i want to be in it with them it's
0: visceral when you yeah like that it can be a little scary at first to get to that point for me and there's some moments where i'm like kind of more introverted and like it's hard for me to want to do that with Mm -hmm. people and then you jump out of it you're like oh like look at motherfucker in their eyes like that's a very like you feel alive when you do that because it's a reflection of your own mortality and it seems like here's a fellow human yes and uh, the eyes are crazy yo eyes when you look at an eye you get high as fuck when you look at an eye under a magnifying glass not that i've actually done that but like i don't have eyes and shit i'm, I'm like <laughs> young jeffrey dahmer looking at eyes and oh, shit no. but um if you're like just, you like, heard
1: it here first folks. no
0: no anyway allegedly you ever like google like you know high res image of an eye shit yeah looks wild yeah so yeah I, okay can i tell you something support. gross Sure, yeah. Like,
1: intimate, but like, kind of icky. Um, So my partner, (laughs) he's wonderful. We've been together for almost five years. And this morning, he's like attacking the acne that was like on my face. He's like, "I got this. No hold still." And I'm yeah. and they were in the sunlight and I was watching his eye from like 3 inches away from his face. And I was I could see his pupils like contracting and dilating while he focused, and I've never Ooh. watched someone's eye from that close while they were doing something. Sometimes. And they were beautiful. They're like really I know wild. his eyes are beautiful, <laughs> but to see it like in motion, working. Like That's our weird. the way there's so much that our bodies do that I don't even think about until I see it. And I'm just like, wow, they, our eyes just do this. It's, I would think that it was magic.
0: No, it literally does. I mean, think about it. Like, if you get hurt, your body heals itself. Yeah. What the fuck? That's right? nuts. Like, right? If you accidentally cut a hole in a wall, that wall ain't going to heal itself. <laughs> no. That hole's there forever. No, you're paying for that. i scrape my elbow, though. And it's like, nah, I got you. I got a hole <laughs> in my finger. It's like, nah, I got you. Yes. That's why I remember, too, like, although... The bigger picture of things may be inherently like, you know, um, traumatic means like, you know, just like time will get everybody is what I'm saying. Like time gets everything like trees die. Animals Mm. die. I don't think about that. Planets die. People die. But uh, from an independent level, life is also healing. Yes. So it's like, you're always looking at the fact that you ain't going to be around forever in a sense, but at the same time, like, oh, I'm kind of supposed to be here, at least like doing my best while I'm here.
1: Yes. Like.
0: And and the eyes reflect that for me in a sense.
1: Or like, I try to think about like, so I have had a long history with like anxiety and depression. Same. Same i figured i think so many of us who care as deeply as we do about the world like it's hard to care that hard i'd be anxious
0: and depressed (laughs) a lot yeah sometimes (laughs) at the same
1: time isn't that great yeah yeah Yeah. oh
0: i mean most 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 like times in my brain i have to like usually when i like anxiety i've learned i gotta channel it i can't ever like sure confront that thing and be like all right bro like this is how it's gonna be for the day keep this thought process and move on i have like Almost like mental gymnastics, I do, not to overtake your point, but, like, to finesse my anxiety. But when it comes to my depression, I'm lucky. I can wake up in the morning and, like, start to feel, like, which core thoughts of my depression Mm -hmm. are going to, like, hit me the most. And then it's usually, like, don't try. Like, no one cares about Mm. you. Like, it's not worth getting up. Like, half-ass it and just get through the day. Luckily for me, I'm, like, I have this, like, thing where I snap into my brain. I'm, like, those are the thoughts you can't listen to. Like, you have to... Then get up now. And then once I do that, initially, like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I just have to keep this kind of of kinetic energy going, and I'll be okay. The anxiety, I'll get anxious from, like, literally, like, asking you a question. Then I might have a sip of tea and think about, like, Quick, like thought, because the caffeine hits me, that can get me anxious. Like I literally, like any period of transition, like walking, like from my crib to my car, like I can even get like anxiety creep up. Yes. And I'm like, Why I'm like, bro, just cause like, I
1: will waste so much time in the car because I'm not ready to go inside my cushy yeah. apartment that I love.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like like what? what? It's just again, anxiety really yes. is, like, this weird energy that pushes me.
1: But Makes then sense. you think about okay, your body if you are having anxiety. Your body is responding in a way that might make it feel worse, but your body is doing what it's supposed to because your body cares about you. Mm-hmm. Like, your body thinks, your brain's telling you that you're in danger, so then your body starts pumping, more, like, your heart harder, 100%. trying to give you more oxygen. It hits your nerves,
0: too, all those, yeah. like huge nerve that hits from the top of your head to the back of your spine. You it's know, like- it
1: literally turns off parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. So you can't hear. Like if someone's like really like my therapist calls it dysregulated. Yeah. If you're like really dysregulated and you're really stressed out, you're in high anxiety mode, you can't hear as much. Like you really can't You have memory loss. You've memory loss. You can't see like your your uh peripheral vision, your vision that doesn't work the mind. same. That's, that's true. But it's yeah. and it sucks in the moment. Like and you might think you're oh my God am I gonna have a heart attack? Is this it? Like I'm over 30 now. Is yeah. this how I go? Hey. And I didn't do the things. And then you start spiraling, but your body is responding that way because your body cares about you and your body is trying to keep you alive. It's trying to help
0: you against that healing thing. And it's
1: like, brah, you're doing the most, but like still appreciate the thought. Like, this is how I manage my anxiety. now. I was yeah. like, all right, thank you for trying to be here for me. I don't need you right
0: now. I got to channel this somewhere. <laughs> like, I
1: don't want this. <laughs> yeah. I
0: appreciate you, but yeah. this, this is going somewhere else. I now.
1: actually got this. But, like. It's good. But, like. Or, like, um, did you. I don't know if you did, if you got vaccinated. Yes. So, I, I did, too. I had the, like, big reaction for my second shot. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't think I had COVID, so that tracks. Yeah. And it was, like. 11 hours after i got my shot i had like fallen asleep and i was fine and then i woke up and i had these like shooting pains in my calves and i'm so sweaty (laughs) i'm like and i was and at first i was i because i woke up out of a dead sleep and i'm like something is wrong and then i was like no something is right my body received the instructions and it's showing me that it's gonna do what it can it's a
0: good way to look at you know you gotta like flip it almost be like yeah like this is here for some reason yeah. i gotta just keep moving forward because the thing is my anxiety will shut me down and that's okay like you gotta have moments where you sure. kind of stop but and you gotta just like be easy on yourself when it comes to mental health and not be like i gotta feel like this all the time because that creates <laughs> expectation and right yeah yeah mm-hmm. but i'm like half the time i'm like i'm anxious about something so maybe i'll just go and like do a, a chore or like something kind of yeah. positive and then once i do that i'm like oh shit like i just put this over here and made it a productive thing. I like this, like turning my anxiety into productivity but not becoming too obsessively compulsive about it in a yeah. sense is a, is a helpful thing for me. That again, balance is so important. Random tangent topic, but again, we're all going through mental shit. Everyone yes. is, and if you ain't, I'm sorry, you a liar or your trauma hasn't hit you yet from your childhood or you grew up in a white privilege bubble and you're part of the problem, Jack. Ah! Regardless, um, everyone's different and trying to appreciate... Uh, the mind and show eyes and i forget what the fuck i was talking i don't know i love this eye contact's important yes stage presence is important
1: hi when was the first
0: time you went on stage
1: Mm, uh, so i almost went on stage in third grade almost almost i was gonna sing the song castle on a cloud from the um Broadway musical Les Miserables
0: Les Mis the ever heard of say. it I actually haven't <laughs> seen that
1: that's okay it's great um it's it, it actually is great I was obsessed With this musical When I was in like This was one of the ones That I like learned to read on So like second grade To like fifth grade So obsessed with it And the message That I got from it was If there's enough people You can stage a revolt And you can take down A tyrannical system So in fifth grade I tried to organize My, my math class To take down Mr. LaPierre You tried to it,
0: throw a coup cool up in your math class?
1: Yeah it didn't work
0: <laughs> I want to hear this story I'm interested
1: No it was very short lived I was like There's like 25 of us and there's one of him. Was <laughs> he
0: a bad person?
1: No, I just didn't like math.
0: Oh! <laughs> I thought, like, yeah, he was very rude to us.
1: No, he was fine. He actually
0: like made blankets for the homeless yeah, people. He and... Yeah,
1: probably, he's probably a lovely person. <laughs> Shout what out happened? Mr. Lapierre.
0: Did he even get he just, wind of this? Well, the
1: thing was, he used to, he would catch me. It was so inconsiderate of him. I'd be like leaning over my desk looking like I was writing but I would have like a novel under the desk and I was reading which is a skill and I was working on my self-development during his math class but like working on myself and then he would come over and he would take the book away so then I was like well we need to we need to end this this yeah it none of the other kids were like on board I think they just they didn't know what Le Mes was they didn't know that revolutions had happened
0: they weren't a part of the theater crowd yeah they
1: didn't get it um why did I start talking about that?
0: Because you almost were going to oh, sing a song. Because I was going to
1: sing a song from that show. And then I, and I practiced. I made my mom watch me. She was like in the kitchen doing mom things. And I was like, you have to watch me. I can sing it like this. Or I can sing it like this. And I remember doing that until she was like, why don't you go practice it in your room? Because you've showed me a lot <laughs> and i knew the song inside and out and then it was like a talent show show and tell thing and i got such stage fright mm. i couldn't i started crying and i could i think i was on stage i think i had already walked on stage when i started crying oh shit. yeah i was so, like i'm sure it was fine i was so little but You're i great but it was like the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened in my life until yeah it was pretty bad until uh sophomore year i think i was giving a speech in english class and then i actually like like passed out a little bit and that was more embarrassing so like after that like and that's the worst thing that can ever happen to you on stage and like yeah it's not great like you can't really save the show after that and you know what i have already experienced the worst parts of it so then it's a lot easier to go up from there. Let's
0: talk about the elevator <laughs> up. Yeah. When did you start to feel confident on stage? Like when um, you were really just f- killing it? Because I want to talk about the reinforcements too. Uh, yeah. A, a band you do play with. But I really want to get just like when you were like, nah, I'm Viva on stage. I'm ready to do this shit.
1: I mean, in high school, I had a, I had a number in my senior show where I was like, I got to like dance sexy and I was supposed to like seduce this kid who was like he was like two years younger than me and it did feel i I, the the point of the scene was that i was supposed to be throwing a lot of energy at him that he was not in the mood for Mm -hmm. and it did feel sufficiently awkward but also like the invitation was there for me to go like really big and i think that was the first time that i was like i'm gonna use all the stage space and i'm gonna make this really big um but i didn't start performing professionally until i was like 21 Got you. Yeah. Was that
0: solo or with with a no, background?
1: I met a guitarist. Don't ever date guitarist children. Don't ever do it. Don't ever date don't don't date musicians. We're crazy. Oh, that's like, a beautiful not to, not to not to be ableist about mental health, but like our egos are so big and we need so much attention.
0: Ego death <laughs> Self identity. Deep breathing exercises. <laughs> Do these things. Yeah. If you really artistic, do these things. I'll help you.
1: And then you'll be dateable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or you'll at least be able to love yourself enough yeah. where you're not in your own head all the time. Yeah. Because I always think about ego death. One thing for me is like, you know, those like those big moments where like maybe you take shrooms and you're like, oh, whoa, like I go through some psychedelic experience and you have ego death. Or maybe even mm. near death experience. For me, I think about just like the minor things where my brain's like, yo, I want to have an egg sandwich with a bunch of like greasy shit on it and a coffee this morning and then i'm like yeah it does actually sound really good but you ate like shit last night and you're so really full right now from that mm. have like some blueberries and some walnuts and some black coffee I'm like let your stomach for just for a little bit you gotta eat but like don't go crazy and then i'm like no i want that egg sandwich i'm like bro you can have that egg sandwich nothing from time but your body's not gonna feel good if you have it and then i'm like all right if i listen to this part of my brain that's like telling me to do whatever i want in every moment i feed this like necessity to keep fulfilling that Mm. and that's why I try and drift from it and I almost view it's like the things I want in life a lot I put a little bit of discipline in it eventually I'll still enjoy them like I might get the egg sandwich the next day for breakfast instead
1: ooh so delayed gonna, gratification yeah, what that shit is amazing you know, yeah. that shit's
0: very very good I think yeah. for me everyone's different too everyone's very different some motherfuckers be like nah I'm getting that egg sandwich again cause I don't give a fuck about like, I love you for that <laughs> me
1: I'm like listen my body knows what to do I'm just gonna put food in it and let it go
0: yeah I can, <laughs> My, my, every, it's, the human body is like ever changing. You know, it's crazy what we can do to ourselves. Like, yes. There's days I could eat like very trim, three light meals. There's days I could eat three times that amount of food. Yes. Easy. I could eat like a five thousand calorie day. Yo, try but,
1: being a person who ovulates and menstruates because I can't literally, even I used to get so frustrated when I was so I was food insecure in like my early twenties. Yeah. And I would get so frustrated because I would have a budget of money to spend on food, and it was not a big budget. But it would be fine if I stuck to the budget, and then fucking randomly, I'm like, I'm gonna die of hunger. I already, I just ate, I ate half an hour ago, and yeah. I'm going to die if I don't eat right now. Oh, damn. <laughs> and, like, and it turns out it's just hormones. It's just my body trying to make the most of what I'm giving it. But like that shit is frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I I try and sympathize heavy with. <laughs> Anybody you'd be talking dealing with menstruation and ovulation that shit does not sound like a very. Uh, it's not simple convenient. Simple beast, and, no. and not even just something that's like, oh yeah, like I need this in my life today.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like that vibe would happen a lot. I'd be like, oh great, I have all this shit now. This is happening to me today.
1: It's so dumb. And, and then it's like this thing where you're like, oh, this is mad inconvenient for like my budget and like my pants. But then when it doesn't happen, you're like, what? Are we not doing this? I oh. thought we. I thought we were doing this.
0: I also think all. Um, menstruation supplies and women's health supplies, specifically maybe in deal, dealing with menstruation and ovulation and anything with periods, should be free. I yes. can't believe i got to pay for that shit. That's so crazy. It's ridiculous. Like, it's not like, you know, like I would like condoms to be free too just to have like something example that's like something we use a lot that's in the stores, right? That though is like something of like a choice of like you. Yeah. Women can't choose to menstruate. Most fucking times, though you go to the store, that shit looks hella expensive. I'm like, Yeah, what the it fuck is. This is like this is actually like mad fucked up. Like if there was men if if men menstruated and they were like all in power like they are, that shit would be free, I feel like. It would be
1: so available. I can't
0: imagine. That's just I'm like, that's a cost I never would have been imagining. Yeah. Just, it's just fucked up.
1: What's wild too is how many of those products have like bad chemicals in them. Yeah, shit yo. It's like, what you want me to pay how much? to possibly give myself toxic shock syndrome are you kidding yeah it's not like
0: it's just like it's like a very sensitive area too yeah it's not great but (laughs) But yes like it truly is Our private spaces to be like i guess professional are very important in terms of hormones libido things like that and then also their entryways into the body
1: yeah you gotta just be safe
0: like i can't imagine putting risky business anywhere near my shit yo (laughs) and motherfuckers be selling it with a smile on their face yes i don't get how we started talking about period supplies (sighs) you know what it is is keeps happening
1: i love that your values are part of this and that is something that i feel like if 2020 gave us anything it put a lot of us in a position where we had to recognize what our values are Mm. And commit to them. And then once you do that, you start seeing all of these patterns of Mm. like, hey, that's not in alignment with Mm. my values. And that like, that's beautiful. Keep that same energy. It makes me feel very good to know that that's on your radar of like, what the fuck is this situation? I just
0: try and be alert because I don't know. Yo, you just... um,
1: Wait, so speaking of studios. Yeah. So I'm going to plug Acadia Recording Company. Okay. And... Uh, Part of it is I had a great recording experience there, like sounding good. I was uncomfortable because it's not my like strong suit. And um, Todd, who was the engineer who was helping me in it and the guy who runs the thing. um, He was super nurturing and just like really kind while I worked through that. And also outside of the music experience, they have menstruation products in their bathroom. Easy to see easy to reach in case of an emergency, which did present itself. And I did not know what to do. And I mentioned it to Todd. I was like, thank you for having this available. These are never in bathrooms.
0: That's respect.
1: It was. And he was just like, yeah, I want people to be comfortable. Just like, duh. That's it. That's all it is. (laughs) I used
0: to have them. I don't know if I have many more because I don't think they might have expired or I just got a new whip, but I used to keep a couple pads in my glove compartment. Because yeah. I shared the car with my sister at the time, and I was like, "Yo, I should just have these in here." Yeah. Just because it's again, it's just like.
1: Yeah. Also, um, if anyone is moving into a new place, and you want to have people who menstruate over as guests, you should have a waste basket in your bathroom, because otherwise, we don't know what to do with the bloody sanitary napkin. Yeah. And that is.
0: That's a, a shame
1: that we. It is. it shouldn't be shameful, but it is like. Like, if I had just, if I'm over here for the first time hanging out with you, Benny, and I'm like, hey, I've got these boogers in a napkin, where can I put them? Like, you that's know, not really something hold, I want to talk to you about. Too.
0: you got to, like, leave a room holding on to it and be like... Yeah, the like, what there's nothing everyone's. in my hand.
1: What hand? Yes. I don't have any hands. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. no. Just, like, that's not waste baskets charge. in your bathrooms since we're giving advice on the podcast
0: That's good to know. No, Again, Benny's is about educating.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. And, um, <laughs> there's so many PSAs, so many lo- community services. There's a lot of...
0: I don't know, just things I wish I knew earlier. Just don't be some fucking, especially if you're a dude, just don't be some fucking dickhead who's like, I can't talk about period stuff that grosses me out. It's like, right? you're just a bitch. Like, I hate right. to be, like, negative, but, like...
1: You cannot you... simultaneously <laughs> enjoy 300, one of the bloodiest movies <laughs> in cinematic history, and be too scared to talk about nonviolent blood.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know, man. A lot of people, like, want to add that they care about other people in the open mind, but, like... You got to really push comfort zones, bro, to be open-minded. Yeah. I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but it, it should. Regardless, you talked about having menstruation products in a bathroom at a recording studio. Yes. How did you get into recording with the reinforcements? Had y'all been performing beforehand, or was this like the first time you linked up?
1: So I put the reinforcements together. Um, I wanted to play music so bad And I didn't know how to break into the scene. I didn't know where to start at all. But I had been um, with a guitarist who he studied jazz. He like went to school for it. And I watched him put together just like bands for one night, just like a pickup band. And I kind of saw the tools that he used where he had like this thing. It's called. Have you heard of a real book?
0: That sounds mad familiar, but yeah. I don't think so. It's like
1: it. a book of songs, and it's like it has the chords written out. So like any jazz musician, you can put this thing in front of them, and it's just a few symbols on a page, and they can play you any song as long as they can see it. And I saw that, and I was like, "That's magic!" <laughs> but I want to do it. Uh-huh. So I like got myself a hold of some charts like that, and I like. I learned because things didn't work out with me and him, but I learned a lot from him. One of them was like, okay, so you need to have a band. That means you need to know people who play instruments and you need to be able to give them information to play the music and something that he, a skill he didn't have that I have is marketing. Mm. And I like, cause I didn't have the training, but I wanted to do it. And I saw he had so much skill and, and, was like really naturally gifted with music but he didn't know how to get people to his shows so it almost didn't matter that he was good you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean it's it's a balance you you have to have multiple skill sets i think to be good at putting on like a really good event like you can know how to book an act and put good people together but what if you can't tell motherfuckers like how to get in the door at the same time tell you what that
1: club's not gonna have you back (laughs) <laughs> like like that and so for me I worked at Starbucks at the time and so I would see 700 people a day and whenever I had a show I would like I would see these people and have relationships with these people and they'd be asking me what's going on and I'm like oh, man, I'm going to sing later and I'm so excited about it and it was just natural promotion so when I had my first my show like my first show it was totally by accident um, Colleen Clark whom I'm friends with now but I had never met back then she used to have a weekly Wednesday gig. Pearl used to have a jazz night on Wednesdays. Yeah, right? Exactly. And R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, Colleen couldn't do it one week, and she'd given the club a couple weeks' notice. Well, the managers at Pearl were my regulars at Starbucks. And they had been listening to me talk all summer about how I'd started to sing with this guy. And they're like, hey, do you want a gig? And he and I had actually broken up. And so I didn't have anyone to play with. But I said, yes. <laughs> and like, yes, I will do that gig. And I will get back to you about whom I'm playing with. And I reached out to some really good friends of mine, people whose music I had been supporting. And I was like, hey, I want to do this thing. Can you help? And um, they were really, really good people. Like that first gig, literally, it was like Dwayne Edwards. I have heard him play. I have heard he plays bass. I have heard him play a bass solo on NPR and known that it was him. Cause he's just so good and so recognizable and he teaches at UMA now and, um, and he's always been like really generous and treated me exactly like a musician, even when I didn't know anything, which I think is like early on, I found there was a really big social barrier to getting involved. And I tried to only be like really fuck with people who treated me like an equal from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so he helped Eric winter, who sang for this like Cuban band and I had seen him play hand percussion. I was like, can you play hand percussion for this thing? He was like, actually I play drum kit. Who else do you have on the gig? And I was like, it's just you. <laughs> and so then he reached out to um, this guy, Peter Herman, who's this amazing, amazing guitarist. We've only met twice, but the first time was on that gig. And, um, and Rexy Dinosaur who plays saxophone at the time. She only played saxophone. Now she plays every instrument. And we had this, Show at Pearl That was so thrown together No rehearsals We just showed up And I had these charts mm-hmm. And like I had practiced like Wild But like I didn't really know What I was doing I re- I know words really well Like that's my That's my skill And I know how to Entertain a crowd And I didn't Really know how to sing But it didn't Fucking matter Because mm-hmm. I told So many people About that show That there were 50 people At my first gig Nice,
0: nice Yeah nice. right yeah. Like yeah.
1: And I Cause I also That I'd never felt that fear Before of like Oh my god what if nobody shows up oh yeah oh no like i you know and then it didn't that wasn't a thing mm. and that was the start of me realizing if i want to do this because i there we don't have a strong audition culture in portland mm. so like if you want to start playing music well you might see a band that you really like but like how do you get there
0: it's yeah the diy like for such like a artsy like open-minded like diy feeling community you know how hard it is to fucking book an independent, like mm-hmm. kind of like I'm a no name show. Yo, I'm not gonna front. Like I'm not a I'm not a no name either. I got a lot of like connects out here. My just don't respond to me when I like um, send like professional uh, emails for bookings and then a, and then a follow up. Not even like hey we filled this time. I'm like bro like I could bring a I brought like a packed out flask and I was like one event I did that like it was on like a Monday the Minds night. It's like don't you want to like give local people a shot instead of getting some like white vanilla bullshit that you're probably just gonna book I know maybe that's why I'm getting the booking but I'm like maybe to <laughs> st- speak to real but I'm like it's a lot of young people it's a lot of open-minded people you don't have to just cater to like these you know crowds that you think are gonna go see because like you know you know they're gonna have money like we're gonna yeah. book a nice soft rock act the way a bunch of people in their 40s come and go it's like I get that don't get me wrong but like don't do that
1: seven nights a week bro right give me, still give has me to be one rude. of them
0: nights yo but whatever I'm just not to interrupt but I guess no it,
1: it is really it is tough to book i think in a lot of scenes it's tough to book but especially here it's gotten better since i started because i started 10 years ago but it Tristan, how we doing on the yeah. uh, go,
0: on the gopro time by the way we got to make sure we're not going to over
1: we've been talking so much you yeah. can edit a, you can edit no, stuff down we, if you
0: want i'm only at the beginning probably how much <laughs> time we got
1: it's actually been an hour
0: hour and four how yeah. to be four how much time we got left
1: so we're just going to find out. I didn't know I
0: recorded this long. Hey, you know what? Let's hit pause and make sure everything's going to be going smooth. And we are back. I was going to edit that out, but maybe I'll just do it later. Sometimes I kind of like just keeping the flow of shit, to be honest. Visually, maybe we'll do like a transition blur or something. But The
1: transition is I am now laying down comfortably.
0: Yeah, Viva's now laying down. <laughs> and um, we were just talking about to kind of end the... Uh, the conversation topic about the reinforcements and um Oh like yeah. how did y'all come together and record that three-track ep
1: right so that was several years in the making in that i spent from 2013 to we recorded that in 2019 mm. dang so that was basically six years a minute. of organizing bands and which fundamentally centered around can i get gigs that will pay enough and in the beginning i couldn't get gigs that would pay enough so i was paying people out of my own pocket to make sure that i was paying people fairly for the amount of work i was asking Mm. for years Mm. (laughs) for like really for years and often i could make it up in tips And I had to be really aggressive about trying to get tips. Or, like I said, I was food insecure and might not eat that week. Damn. Um, And then, and honestly, I lived in my van for a while. Like, I bought a van so that I could make sure that I had a place to sleep that was mine, where I could have my dog and no one could take it away from me until it got towed. But I got it back. It's cool. I still have the van. We're good. We're good. good. It was just a stressful minute. (laughs) But but so I, I had put in six years of organizing dozens of musicians and just taking every gig that I possibly could to try and build this thing so and to build it like not even just to the point where I like might record one day but it became this thing where people were meeting through me which feels hold for sound we're good being the reason that musicians who like each other have met is one of the best feelings in the world
0: that is a cool feeling
1: it is amazing so like it became this thing where i would like try and intentionally like i would have a list of bassists like five or six people deep and then i would try and like plan ahead oh who haven't they played with yet and i would like try and put people together but then there would also be a thing where like people Uh, venue owner started to realize i could put a band together really quickly so i'd get a lot of last minute gigs and then it's like okay well who's available and i did that for a few years and then i realized like okay i can relax about this i think it was two two years in like my second summer of gigging in that i realized i don't have to play with people who don't respect me i don't have to play with people who aren't kind or who aren't kind to other people on the gig. And so, like, that became a thing very quickly where I was like, all right, like, I can tell this, is make- this isn't this is comfortable for everyone, which is making the music not good. I don't want to do it anymore. But also the whole time, I'm learning from all these people that I'm playing with because mm. I didn't go to school for it. I've just been learning by doing it. So I was really lucky because I was working with people who were, like, pretty patient and would explain stuff to me when I had, like, sincere questions like, what, what do you call that thing when the trumpet goes like, blah, 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 blah. and it's like, oh, well, that's kind of like a fall. I don't know. Do you mean a shake? And then like, this is a conversation I had with Emma Stanley. And she's like, well, a shake sounds like this and a fall sounds like this. One time in 2015, I played, I got to play, I, hi, I got to play with Dave Noyes one time. Whoa. Yeah. At, um, it was at Congress Square Park. And it was the first time I ever played in Congress Square Park. So it felt like a really big deal. And I asked him and I'd known him for a few years. And that's another human who always treated me from the minute he met me. And I think he met me while I was like slinging pizza at Otto. From the minute he met me, he always treated me with like this dignity and care that I imagine he would have given me even if he had met me in the halls of Berkeley had I been giving a performance there. And so he, is, he was a really busy guy, and so he was like, I can do this one gig. Um, I can't commit to very much outside of it. Can you give me some parameters around, like, arrangements? What do you have for this kind of information for horn players? I'd never organized for horn players before. And he asked me these really thoughtful questions that were kind of de- almost designed to help me understand Like what he not just what he needed to know, but like there's so many nuanced elements to arranging that you learn in school that I hadn't learned. And he was like, well, have you thought about this? And here are some options and here's this. And so I had six years of playing with people who were who took care with the music and took care with me like that. So by the time 2019 came around, I had met. Oh, it was great. And I had met them almost by accident. I ended up on this gig um it was a go big for hunger event um it was actually it was a pretty big deal Otis Redding the third nice. so Otis Redding's son yeah. was coming to town to like he it's this thing it's this cause he believes in and he comes to this thing to play for a go big for hunger event and i ended up being one of the backup singers but i was also singing in one of the first bands build in the night and the drummer and bassist of that thing they're not a package deal but they work so well together mm. and they create such a good vibe Is joe beninati is the drummer
0: yeah
1: and david on is the bassist and they're like another two musicians who from the minute they met me treated me with like this level of care and respect that like the wor- words aren't conveying it properly but i felt like oh wow i could really resonate with these humans and it'd be f- and i'd be safe to explore here i'd be safe to like grow as a person here mm. and they're so professional and so i just on a whim i asked if they'd be available for gigs. And they fucking said yes, which was great. And like David, the bassist, he had already printed out. So like at the time I would be like printing out these massive books of like information to have on a gig to give to people. Mm. And he had gone ahead And printed out the chart that I gave him, which was like, not maybe a huge gesture, but for me, I was like, oh my God, you care about this so much that you actually already looked at the material. Are you kidding? And that's that's just who they are. So I was like, I got playing with them and it felt so good to play with them. And they treated the material so well. And my buddy, Jordan Bickey, who's the guy who started Jazz Sesh um, at Blue. Now it's at the, now it's at Urban Farm. Um, and he, his band is the project and he and I have been playing together for o- almost five years and we wrote a couple songs together, which was like really cool. Cause I'd, I hadn't really ever had the experience of writing with people before. So he was on guitar. He had introduced me to his friend, Mike Perot, who ended up playing guitar with me a bunch. And he's just like another, like lovely human being, who he's also like this incredible chef and for one of our um he so he played all of these guys and and some other folks played with me with the reinforcements we got to perform for governor mills's inaugural celebration Mm -hmm. and these guys were on the band and i was like mike i want to do this like this rehearsal is really important because the gig is really it's kind of a big deal um would you cook for the band and he did he made this like three course thing to like have in our tiny crammed rehearsal space like just like this was the kind of thing that we were building before covid and um so that's one two three four and five is me yeah that's everybody who was in the studio for that ep Mm. and the first song on that ep jordan wrote and he actually shared that with me. We'd known each other for like maybe like three or four months. Mm-hmm. And so we were like just kind of early in our friendship. And I have always felt a little bit behind in knowledge. And uh, and so I was really, really honored. He was like, hey, Viva, I wrote this song and I like want you to sing it. And it was it's beautiful. It's the first song on the track and, and first album, first track on the EP. And it's like such a beautiful it could be a romantic tune, but I love it's the title is "Grace of You," and the idea is like, I'm, I'm only getting to have this conversation because you've extended me the invitation mm-hmm. to be in, to be with you in whatever capacity I can be with you. It's just such a beautiful human thing. Mm. So, what's the second song? Is one that I wrote after. Um, I went to like an El Malo show, smoked too much, got in my van to drive away, and I was like, I shouldn't drive right now. So then I sat and I was like listening to like the classical musical music station, like really low. And then I started to get like a song in my head, and I and then that became like the uh, that next song. And the other song on the EP is actually the first song that I ever ever wrote, and I wrote it after I had an argument with someone, and then I like took a shower to like get the bad vibes off. And I got this song stuck in my head. And I was like, does this song already exist? Or am I writing it right now? So I like had to like run. I was like crashing at a friend's. I had to like run across her apartment. I'm like butt naked, hoping nobody comes home to like get to my phone so I can like sing into the voice recorder. Yeah. And then it turns out it was an original song. And I reached out to Samuel James, the guitarist. Yeah, he
0: wicked. And... Oh I know,
1: right? He's so good. And I was like, Sam, what are the chords for this? this song doesn't exist yet. Like, help. And so he he was like, here's what you need. And then he put together a band a couple years in a row, only for, like, one event each. And he his whole thing was, we each bring a song that we wrote and we do some songs together. But, like, we would all learn each other's material. And that was, like, the song that I got to bring to that band. So, oh, like, all of this was years in the making. And honestly, years in the making as far as finding funding. Mm. And, like have having even some of the knowledge to know like what do you do in the studio what do you do after you've made a record like how do you get people to find out about it (laughs) and after all that we released it in 2019 and i didn't have the money or energy to really promote it the way i wanted to
0: yeah
1: it's like that it was going to be, like, a thing, like, oh, man, this is coming out. It's our anniversary. It was, like, on the the date of, like, my first show with a band that was, like, on purpose, um, which is, like, May 29th is, like, the band's ver- birthday. And sometimes the message that is hard to accept is it's okay to wait. Like, we made the thing and got it printed, like, two weeks before the show. And I just didn't have any money left over from that to, like, do all of the do all of the prom- the promotion. I didn't send out press releases. Like there's so much that I know now that I would have taken more time with it cuz I'm really proud of that. Yeah. But then on the other hand, there will be more records. Like at least there's something on there. And it's so like if people knew, it is so easy to put music on Spotify. It is like not hard. But also people have treated me with greater respect. As an artist, when they're like, oh, you're on Spotify? Yeah, it's so weird. Like, it's so easy. You just press right? a couple buttons. Yeah, like, you pay 20 bucks a year for distribution. And you're on Spotify and iTunes. But it sounds like you're, oh, you're a real musician. Yeah. And it's like, I've been a real musician, but, like, thank you. I'm glad that I have something that people can wrap their minds around as a metric. <laughs> That's my long answer. That's like, perfect. That I
0: mean, you answered all the questions I had about the reinforcements how they got together how that came together and then how it got put out um i'll probably ask one more question about them towards the end when i ask about maybe anything in the future but before we do that i want to pivot to one of my favorite parts of the podcast the rapid fire hey you down yeah cool wait on me doesn't have to be a very quick answer too. Really, whatever answer comes to your mind first is the best way to respond. You did
1: say rapid. So. I say
0: rapid fire because I want, I like when people bring it, but sometimes they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And they just don't say anything. And it's like, yo, they can't be dead air. Now right. I got to say something. So really, whatever comes to your mind first is really okay. good. Favorite animal.
1: I love dogs.
0: Last album you fell in love with.
1: Oh, um... I don't know if it counts as a whole album, but Silk Sonic, that thing. Yeah, the,
0: the, the, yeah, the two I singles? Yeah, I put
1: it on just to find out what the hype was, and then I listened to it for, like, half a day.
0: Hell yeah. If you had to make a song your ringtone right now, what would it be?
1: Um, It would be The Incredibles theme.
0: Nice. It's like the, the movie The Incredibles?
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 100%. Oh,
0: favorite cheese, or if oh. vegan or lactose intolerant. No, I'm a okay. cheese
1: head. Um, I like a good... Like, really sh- extra sharp white cheddar.
0: Yeah, I had a extra sharp Vermont cheddar this weekend. Yeah. It's just too good. It's addictive.
1: Yeah, really. Like, that's Danger. all I ate for the first three months of quarantine. Cheese. <laughs> so good.
0: Cheese. It helped. What's, like, your... In terms of cheese, you know, it's a good protein. hmm What's your favorite exercise, though? Is, like, a favorite activity you like to stay active?
1: I mean, I love to dance, and oh, I yeah. just started going back to the gym, and my... I'm the only person I've ever seen do this at the gym... It guarantees me alone time, but I will literally be on the elliptical, like doing vocal warm ups, or like, (laughs) I'm like listening. I made this, like, playlist and i'm like dancing on the elliptical and then i'll go to like the 30 minute round thing and i'm doing it all like in time to the music and (laughs) i don't see anyone else doing that but i get such an endorphin rush from it
0: i dance a lot and i'll like be high as fuck on the elliptical yeah with my hands not grabbing anything and i'll be like oh and then you're like like, yes But people I mean, honestly, anyone who overly judges anybody to me is a bum, so. Yeah. Because you're going to judge a little bit because you're a human and it's slash animal, so you're always going to have, like, a quick, like, oh, what's going on? What's going sure. on? Sure. But you got to, like, just cut that shit out and mind your business. It's That's not
1: important. A- also, like, if I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. I do not go anywhere to suffer.
0: Yeah, try not to.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Favorite time of the day to record?
1: hmm I wanna do everything in the middle of the night, but I do everything at home and my neighbors are sleeping. So it's like my favorite time of day, but it's nobody else's favorite time. So I end up (laughs) procrastinating for a good part of the day. And then I'll get started mid afternoon when the light is coming in all golden and then I'll go until I'm too hungry.
0: Tremendous. I lost my train of thought. Anyway. Anyway, I have the question in front of me. I was gonna say something, but it doesn't matter. What's an album you would take to the grave?
1: oh santana supernatural
0: santana dope oh i remember this uh favorite venue you've ever performed at that's the one i want to sneak in
1: oh that's tough that's tough for a couple of reasons um because i've been in some really good rooms and not had the presence that i wanted to have I got to perform in the Goo Goo Dolls studio in Buffalo, New York, and I was so nervous that I did not enjoy it. And that room is made for making sound. So like that's something I want to do over. I have, I am the most comfortable, I think, at like House of Music now. And partly because the, so Ken Bell, the owner. When I was getting started, he's another person who's always treated me like he, he understands that I'm doing something on purpose. And so he's always made me feel wanted in that club where there are definitely some clubs where you're like, I feel like I have to beg, borrow or steal my way in and then prove my worth all the way through it. And I've never felt that there. So I'm really comfortable there. And I go there all the time to like dance. That said, I know going into this gig at Aura that I will be able to hear myself so well that that's taking off a lot of edge for me it's like i will be able to hear so well that i won't that there's a level of awareness that i won't have to try for and i'll be really present and there and so i'm excited about that that's exciting yeah I know. it's great
0: dramatic pause Mm -hmm. dream collab janelle monet boom Oh, she's double cell. I know. Yeah.
1: Janelle, if you're listening, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> DM me. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, uh, maybe one
1: day.
0: Well, you have survived the rapid fire, Viva. I made it. And on top of that, you mentioned this for the people at home, talk on your show at Aura. It's time to promote.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So, um, for all that I talked about having this band of people that I'm desperately in love with because I am over quarantine I realized um I need I need to be more self-sufficient in my music and and I can that was like the real realization like I've always wanted to and then halfway through I was like doing solo stuff live streamed and then I realized oh my god I could make beats like I could do that I don't have to pay somebody I could just do it and make music from my from my imagination Mm. so i started doing that and then to do that i have all these analog instruments that i've been chipping away at kind of learning for years well shit i could play bass now like and i and i to do it at a level that i like it recorded that means i have to be able to do it Mm. so then i'm making this beat for we did a fundraiser at the State Theater. I'm making this beat, I'm using my ukulele, and then I'm realizing, you know, this thing doesn't go low enough. Oh, I guess it's time for me to learn guitar. Mm-hmm. So then I reached out to my buddy Jordan and I was like, Can you help me find a guitar? And he did. He brought me home this little, it's like three-quarter size, it's my size. And so then I reached out to Samuel James and I was like, Can you teach me guitar? And he was like, Have you ever had an artist residency? And he invited me to Indigo Arts Alliance to be his, like, partner in that residency. So I had my first artist residency in February, and then I was like, well, let's just see what I can do. I'm just going to try and be here for 24 hours a day (laughs) and, like, just keep the momentum going. No expectations. We'll just see what happens. Well, fucking A. (laughs) I just started, like, playing these songs from the bottom up, like bass, add guitar, add ukulele, add percussion, add voice. I started learning trombone in twenty nineteen, like at the end of twenty nineteen. And so I picked it back up, start using it again. I have a trumpet that I borrowed from a friend and I can kinda play uh, it. Yeah, I mean it's you not use good. It a lot. But like I'm trying. But like that was the thing is I had this time to stretch myself and be like, what what can't I do? Can we find it out can we find out? What are the parameters? So then um I got the call about this aura gig and At the time, I wasn't really sure if it was going to happen because, you know, things weren't open yet. And I said, yes. And I was planning, like, eventually I would like to be able to be a solo artist, like just to travel. And then um, my friend Rexy Dinosaur, I I mentioned her earlier, she lent me her looper pedal Mm. and I started playing with that. Well, it turns out I love that. So then I got myself like a big boy loop- looper, like a three channel. And so for this show at aura, it's a combination. There'll be some tracks that I made, but also just me being the band, which is so for me, it's kind of meditative because I have to be, it's like all those anxiety thoughts, all these intrusive thoughts. I kind of have to say, Shh, not right now. I don't need you right now because I'm listening to this music, which I'm making. Mm. And, Then there's this extra level of, but fuck, I want to dance. So I like made this transition from, we did all these jazz tunes, which is great. I love jazz tunes, but I want to dance and I want to dance with people. So now I'm challenging myself like, okay, can I make music that I want to dance, that I have to dance to? So like, that's what this show is about is like, especially after last year, let's have some joy (laughs) for one. Let's just let's can we have some joy gather together because we haven't been able to do that, but also all of the everyone I know that any everyone who shows up to Aura will be people who've cared about me, Mm. and I am really proud that I discovered this other stuff that I could put my energy toward.
0: That is exciting,
1: and I get to like share that so. Uh, it'll be fun. It's not going to be like anything anyone's seen before from me, anyway.
0: Sweet. Well, it's at Friday,
1: Friday July the thirtieth, thirtieth, eight p.m. Aura, eight p.m. And so Genius Black is opening, and which was really gracious of him when I asked him to open. Yeah. Um He's bringing a whole crew, and they and at Aura they start exactly on time. None of this musician time bullshit. Like they're going to start exactly at eight. So like if you're coming, please come. But like if you're coming be there on time because genius starts right at eight and he's got a short set.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to promote as we kind of end the show and wind down? Um, Mm. Any reinforcement talk or just stay tuned or just anything at all?
1: Definitely stay tuned on the band stuff. I'm not going to lie. Having a year off from organizing people was really good for me. (laughs) It was good for my mental health and like kind of addressing some of my own stuff before I try and direct a crew. Um, I'll definitely be doing more, stuff in the future we'll see um i guess if i'm going to promote anything it would be the black voters matter fund um if you have money to donate to that that'd be great if you're not coming to my show and you have 10 bucks laying around you could send it to the black voters matter fund um i guess i yeah i i feel like if it's not if it's not about like the music then it should be about the values
0: i feel that Community. Yeah. It's very important. Hell yeah. Well, it's kind of more professional business question or oh, oh, not, okay. not even question. Should I just, sit up straight? No, is this, we don't like, do whatever. Formal? Professionalism is all about should how should I get on one knee? It's not about is
1: it one of those deals? It's not about posture.
0: <laughs> just have a good energy to yourself, yo. Um what are your socials? Like how can people hit you up?
1: Oh, get at me. So I basically only use Instagram. At C Viva Sing, which is spelled out S E E V I V A S I N G.
0: Hell yeah! Shit, I thought it was Rising for a while. Mm-mm. My brain is my brain is so funny. I always read that as C Viva Rising.
1: God, I love that. Wait, is that already taken?
0: No, it's it is C Viva Sing. That way that makes way no, more sense. No, but
1: is C Viva Rising taken?
0: I don't <laughs> think so. So I was like, that's very powerful. Like rising. That's
1: great. You're hired.
0: Yeah, I'll try. You know. <laughs> My brain will just put letters. Yeah. Now when I type that, that looks so like not. There's not even any R in that.
1: Is there anyone in there?
0: No, I didn't see Viva Rising. All right, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna take that. But uh, for now, it's Viva saying is where all the good stuff is on Instagram. So oh, fun. and so Spotify, iTunes, um, is under Viva and the Reinforcements. And it would mean a lot to me if people listen to that uh, EP.
0: It's out there, yo. Go stream it. Yeah. Go support. Show Aura 730. Are you ready for nice. the last question? Yes. Where will Viva be one year from now?
1: That's quite a question. Uh, I'm making noise. There's no dead air. No,
0: you're good. Yeah, keep, 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 <laughs> keep rolling. If not, I'll, I'll come in and do my thing July
1: too. 21st, 2022... Um, I will have already performed with, an with Gino Pallover Strings. They're a small orchestra around here. No. So I will have done that in the spring. I haven't made any plans for the, for the summer yet. Um, I am applying to South by Southwest cause we'll just, it never hurts to apply. Shoot your shots. Right. And then I'm also applying to Austin city limits, which will be in the fall. So I'll either be getting ready for that or getting ready to apply for the following year. <laughs> there we or, go. I don't know, maybe I'll be in like Beirut or Paris or I don't know. Or in a field full of puppies.
0: I like these answers. Yeah. The future is full of opportunity. Yeah. And I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk to Thank Viva you tonight. For asking. You definitely saved me a lot of questions cuz you could just go I
1: can talk so much You can talk,
0: but we're going Give me credit. <laughs> I'm looking at my time right now. There, I think there was a legit. Let me see when this started. I think at one minute and two and a half, one hour and two and a half minutes from one hour and 15 minutes.
1: We're so good at this. That was just you.
0: That was, oh, it, wow. It was just you talking for that 13 minutes.
1: Thank you for listening for 13 hey, minutes. That,
0: I, it felt like I'm like definitely like Viva's controlling this, this segment. I'm going to let this happen. I'm driving. But so Yeah, you drove clean <laughs> though. You got us back. I and mean, This has been a 90 minute one, the longest one since we've been back. Hmm. And uh, it feels good to be back Shout out Yardy Ting for sponsoring this podcast Yes And um Show July 30th See you next week Much love Take care of yourself Stay hydrated Peace Bye Hey yo Much love to everybody who listened Shout out to you at home Shout out to Viva for coming through Benny's crib Make sure to check out her headline show at over July 30th. It's a Friday here in Portland, her Maine. Shout out Tristan. Shout out Soto on the beat. Soto, so dope. And uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Rhyme Beat.